to receive and expect God to speak to us and do whatever he wants to do. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you tonight. You're a good God. You're a faithful God. And we do look to you now. We're looking not to the arm of the flesh, not to horses and chariots. We're looking to have the Spirit of God move mightily in our midst here now. Thank you for the word for the hour, the message for this time. Lord, utterance, boldness in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, praise God. Well, we've been, uh, we've been teaching this series for a while on Wednesday nights called Dress to Kill. And in this series, we've been looking at the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's go ahead and read in verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so let's, let's just be reminded of this once again, that what we wear is not all about the outside. Okay, uh, we, we give attention to that every day, hopefully. Uh, uh, what we wear and cleaning ourselves up and making ourselves presentable and everything and what you wear on the outside is so much, I mean, it's important, but it's so much less important than what you're wearing on the inside. And we can see from the Word of God, and if we go all the way back to the beginning, that we are to put on Christ, we are to put on the new man, and you can see that there are uh, internal adornments that we are to be uh, involved with in our lives. And many people, they get themselves ready every day outwardly, but don't spend hardly any time getting themselves ready spiritually and dealing with the inward man. That e and, and I even want to go beyond spiritually, but dealing with the mind and the emotions and, and those, t those areas of our, of our makeup. Okay, And so we have got to prepare ourselves spiritually. Just because a person is saved is no indication that they are completely protected from all of the enemy's tactics and, and devices. Okay, But God has given us armor, or in reality, spiritual truths that when applied, when deeply rooted in our hearts, they are a protection for us, and they keep us from falling into the, again, into the hands of the enemy and being destroyed. So I want to ask you, uh, are you ready? Uh, are you prepared on the inside? Are you constantly keeping yourself sharp in specific areas of your life? It's really important that you do so. Because, I, you know, just like natural enemies may wear down, I'm not so sure that spiritual enemies wear down. You know what I'm talking about? Where they just get tired, and if you can just hold them off for a couple of days, they're going to go away. Well, they may go away, but they come, they're coming back. Okay, and so we've got to be always ready, always prepared for the time when, you know, things unexpected come knocking on your door. Hmm. I mean, I, I realize this, there's times if, if we're listening to the Spirit of God, that God will prepare us, and you can know that 
some you can know and see the enemy's plans ahead of time but i know a whole lot of really good christians they love god saved no question about it that get blindsided at times with things and they didn't expect it didn't ask for it it's not that they were bad people and that's why it happened they just got attacked and something happened and uh, just knowing that doesn't mean again there's nothing wrong with them nothing like that but knowing that these things can happen to, to a good Christian, someone who's committed. I don't mean living in sin and just opening the door purposely to, the, to those types of things. But uh, just as a Christian, you know that there's a guy out there called the devil and he hates your guts. Would really like to see you go down. Hmm? He would have preferred you went down before you got saved. But you know how, you know how sometimes people talk about God's perfect will. And then God's, you know, permissive or acceptable will. Well, if you think about that from the, from the devil's standpoint, his perfect will for you <laughs> is that you die and go to hell. But since you already averted that, he would prefer that you go to heaven now. Get out of the way. huh? And if you're going to hang on, he'd prefer you're broke and sick and miserable right because then you're still not going to have a positive Im- impact on the kingdom of God all right and so the the enemy has a plan for your life but again we've been given tools equipment whereby we can remain strong and protected and if we'll keep this stuff on I tell you what there's no demon in hell that has any chance against you as a child of God because you are equipped and equipped to overcome and have victory every single time amen remember all the fiery darts all the wiles of the enemy there's not a day when we have to fall okay so I've fallen a lot fine but you don't have to say can can is everybody going to get healed well everybody can be provision has been made for everyone to walk in victory amen say can everyone prosper and be blessed financially Yes, everyone. Say, but isn't there, is there enough money? I mean, if everyone was doing well, listen, there is so much more than we comprehend. There is enough for everyone to be very, very well off. Okay. If you do, if you do the math, there are some people out there who have done the math and it's amazing how, how, how everyone on the planet, there's enough resources in the earth for everyone to be multi, 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 not thousandaires either. You know, millions, and I've even heard some stats that go into the billions for everyone on the planet. And I thought, wow, God really packed this place full, didn't he? He really prepared this planet so you and I could be blessed. And, uh, and if we'll line up our thinking with his, things are going to flow. Anyway, I'm rambling on, so let's go back to our message. <laughs> I'm not rambling, am I? Okay, good. <laughs> uh, we, we've covered most of the armor here. Tonight, let's talk about the sword of the Spirit. Okay, that's in verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation. We covered that last week. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, notice in the armor that the sword is our only offensive weapon. Okay, everything else was for protection and for defense. The sword now is what puts us on the offense. We must desire more than protection. I don't just want to make it. I don't just want to survive and hold on to the end. Well, at least I was protected. 
I, I want to accomplish something in life. And the sword gives me something where I can go on the offensive and get things done instead of just living my life uh, like a fireman. Know what I'm talking about? Thank God for firemen. But uh, in your life, do you really want to just chase around everything bad? I'm attacked here. Okay, let's deal with that. Oh, now I'm hit over here. Now we've got to pray hard on that one. Okay, now we've got to go over and fix this and fix this. And we're always going around fixing stuff. Okay, I'd like to get past the I'm always fixing stuff and let the devil fix a few things. When he's going, oh, no, here they go again. Here comes a stinking sword again, and we're doing some damage to the kingdom of darkness. Now, when I say that, don't, don't, don't take me as if I'm saying, well, we're going out devil hunting. Okay, we're, we're not looking for demons behind every bush and, and going out. Uh, say, why do you say that? Well, there, I've known people, and uh, good people, they, I mean, really had a zeal for God, but kind of got overboard, and they, all, they learned about the authority they have in the name of Jesus, and it seemed like they're always looking for demons. And always, you know, I went into this place and always sensing demonic presence. And, and, you know, not that I don't think that can happen. You can certainly, that can certainly happen. But I just rather focus on sensing the presence of God. Okay. And so when we talk about going on the offensive, I'm not really talking about going out and looking for demons so we can use our sword on the devil, bless God. No, but I'm really speaking more of people that the enemy has bound up. And when we go on the offensive, we're looking to do damage to the kingdom of darkness by using the sword. And that's in relationship to people's lives who are bound up. And we're getting them set free. Okay? And so that's uh, really a place that we all should want to get to. If we're not there, we should want to be there. And uh, in this regard, that I'm not always trying to fix me, but I'm out there helping somebody else. That's an offensive stance. And let me say this as well. You don't have to have everything perfect in your life before you can do that. Say, well, as soon as I get these things together, as soon as I get, I got just two more fires to put out, then I'm going to start ministering and looking out for other people. Well, I kind of think before you get those two fires out, there's going to be a couple others that pop up. Really, part of the way we do this is uh, we go on the offensive before everything is all Taken, taken care of in our lives. It's like the person who's going to tithe. You know that guy too, don't you? <laughs> as soon as I get this final credit card paid off, as soon as I get this, this pay raise, I'm going to start. No, you're not. Something else will come up. And so uh, what I encourage you to do in every area, let's get aggressive doing things for other people, being on the offense in the kingdom of God. And I think a lot of those fires go out all by themselves. Keep your armor on, but then start doing something with your sword, okay? And so I'm just not going to react to every attack. In reality, that's kind of like being led by the devil, isn't it? I mean, we believe in being led by the Spirit, but if I'm led by problems, fixing this, fixing this, fixing this, fixing this, and I'm always just following around a problem, isn't that being led by the devil? All right, I don't have a scripture to do that either. Okay. And so, in the book of Romans, chapter 1, you know this verse, but it's a good one to, to rehearse again. Romans chapter 1, we're taking the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. Romans 1 and verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, it what? It, the gospel, is the power of God 
to salvation to everyone who believes. What is the power of God? Again, the gospel is the power of God. And we're looking at the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There is something inherent in this Word that God speaks out of His mouth that becomes a powerful weapon in our hands. Now, you, you, many of you know this, but there are a couple different primary words that are used in the uh, New Testament for the word word. Okay? The, word tra- the words translated word, W-O-R-D, come from a couple primary words in the Greek language. And this, uh, well, one of them is the word logos or logos, L-O-G-O-S. Okay, that word simply, uh, it refers to a concept or an idea. It can be spoken, it can be written, but it's a, it's a good thought. It's something you, it's an idea, it's a concept. But the word here that we read in, in Ephesians chapter 6 for the sword of the Spirit, that word is the Greek word rhema, right, R-H-E-M-A. And that word, literally, simply put, it means a spoken word. A little bit deeper, it means more, it's not just an idea or a concept that's spoken, but it is a revelation of truth that comes out of your mouth, okay? So when we talk about the Word of God being a sword, understand that it's not your Bible on the coffee table that's a sword, okay? It's it's not... uh, you know, just having a verse necessarily even memorized that, that is a sword. Okay. The Word of God, let me say it this, this way. The Word of God in your heart is not a weapon. But what is? Rhema is. The Word of God in your mouth becomes a weapon. Say, so how do I swing this sword? It is by speaking. But, but by, beyond that, I, I, I remember years ago, I was in the city of Buffalo. And uh, a friend and I, we, we had some time, and we had a night. We didn't have anything to do. We said, let's go walk downtown and find people and share Jesus with them. So we did. And we went out there and just started walking up to people. Hey, like buffalo wings? And, uh, you know. No, anyway, we, we, we talked to them. We'd share, we'd share the Lord with them. And, uh, and it was really fun. But I remember this one particular person we ended up getting a conversation with. We started talking. And before we knew it, he was doing all the talking. And out of this person's mouth was scriptures galore. But the way he said them, and kind of his overall demeanor and what we were hearing from him, I thought, how do you know so much scripture, but yet nothing's working for you? You Know what I'm talking about? I mean, he was an encyclopedia. And this thing, I mean, he's referencing things and saying this, and obviously he had learned something, but it wasn't, a, it didn't have a changed life as a result of it. Well, what's happening there? It's not Rhema. He's speaking the word. It was good word, but it wasn't real in him. He didn't have an understanding or a revelation of these things. And that's what, this is one of the reasons why it's good to stay on something for a while. You know, like I, I kind of do in, in series, but even in your own private prayer life uh, and, and study life, don't always just see how much Bible you can read. You know, someone, a lot of times people, when they first come to the Lord, they think, man, I'm going to read the whole Bible. Well, you know, it's fine. It's not going to hurt you. It's a good thing, but I can give a, some better advice. Why don't you read one chapter over and over? Hmm? What, or take a book. 
and, and, and read it for a while. Think about it. Let it sit down in your heart for a while. Because when scriptures start popping out at you, they start becoming alive, then guess what? You've got a sword. Now, when you get ready to talk, it's going to carry some power. It's just not going to be a, a word that you've memorized. Okay? There's a difference. And that's why being here and hearing things repeatedly. I mean, we've, if you've been in a Christian very long, you've most likely experienced this, where you've, you've known a particular passage of Scripture, maybe known a particular truth, but then one day it was maybe stated just a little bit different way or just a little bit of a twist on it or maybe it was, you were even all by yourself and all of a sudden, wow, you see that? And all of a sudden you got excited about it. It became, I knew that before, but now you're like, wow, look at that. And you want to tell someone. <laughs> and you want to share with somebody else what you heard. And that what happened there? It became real to you. God turned the light on. And he's shown the light on. Now it's something that's going to work for you. Hmm? Someone said, how come it doesn't, how come the, all these scriptures don't work for me? Well, the scriptures do work. But understanding is key. It's key to so much. That's why we pray Ephesians chapter 1, right? Lord, open the eyes of my understanding, right? If you don't pray that way, I've got to encourage you to start. I've got to encourage you to start as much as you can. I mean, it wouldn't hurt you to pray that every day. Lord, open my eyes. Give me a heart to know. Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Right in Ephesians, you can pray it word for word if you like. And it'll change the way you see things. And you'll, you know, you got two people sitting in church, and one is sitting on the edge of their seat. Wow. And they're just feeding, feeding, feeding. The other person's bored out of their brain. Okay. You can be the one that's actually getting something <laughs> because your eyes are open, your heart is receptive. Amen. Ears to hear, eyes to see. And so, again, we want to uh, use the sword of the Spirit. But it's not about just knowing something. We must speak. Okay? It's not all about meditation. I'm just meditating on the Word. Good. That's a good thing to do. But that's not a sword yet. The sword is the spoken Word. Okay? Uh, John chapter 6. Here's a, a related verse. Look at John chapter 6 with me. In John chapter 6 and verse 63, Jesus made this statement. 6, 63. He said, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Now, first of all, when you read something like this, you have to understand that he's not stating the obvious. Okay? He's not just stating something that everybody knows. He's drawing a contrast to the words that he speaks and the words that everybody else is speaking. Not everyone was speaking words that were spirit and life to those who heard him. But when Jesus came along... He spoke words and there was something different about them. Okay? They were spirit. They were life. If there are words of life, I can't help but think there must also be words of death. Otherwise, why delineate there? He would just say the words that I speak. They are words. 
But he said they are life, meaning there must be something contrary to that or the opposite. There must, must be death words. And so words of life are then words of the Spirit, sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And words of death are just simply within words of the flesh. And so we know what we're swinging. This so- oh, Sorry, I got my golf swing there. Right? I'm not right. <laughs> my grip, I don't really have a, a sword grip. Yeah. Is it like the... I got a baseball bat grip. So, that'll work? Baseball bat? All right. And, uh, but just as the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, uh, words of the carnal man are the sword of the flesh. And so, uh, when you think about a sword, of course, you know, most of us aren't sword people. Some of you are gun people and, and, and shoot guns and so forth. But a sword, how many know it's a good weapon if you're in a battle? But it can also be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, and I've, I've, have you ever run into someone who didn't know how to use their sword? Because <laughs> uh, if I don't know how to use it, I could end up cutting myself. I could end up cutting somebody else. Okay? And what are we talking about? We're talking about words. I'm either speaking words of life, words of the Spirit, or I'm speaking carnal words. Words, words that proceed from the carnal man, and they, they spring forth from the flesh, and they are dangerous to me and dangerous to other people. Okay? The words of Jesus, again, were different. Spirit and life, not flesh and death. All right, And so, uh, when I'm not controlling the things that I say, how many know your words are kind of like an arrow? You let go and you can't get it back. And you can apologize, but how many know the other person can still be hurting? Right? And we need to watch out that our words aren't used for the enemy's purposes. Okay? Because when you understand the inherent power in the spoken word, you realize that it's life and death, isn't it? In the power of the tongue. Okay? And so when we, need to, when we speak, they need to be words spoken from basically God's words. I, I know this in my life. Well, let me back up here. When a person is born, a, a baby, a child is born, sh- shortly thereafter, they learn and they must learn how to speak. Right? It's one of the, it's one of the fundamentals. Aren't you glad you know how to speak? And, uh, but babies must learn to speak. Likewise, when a person is born again, they must also learn how to speak. Okay? In other words, new life, new language. And I'm not talking about people who just speak, uh, you know, spiritual terms and so no one who's unsaved can even understand them, you know. <laughs> They speak in tongues, but I mean, I don't mean literally tongues. I mean, they just speak a language that no one who's got their feet on the ground can understand. Okay, Christianese, yeah. And uh, I'm not talking about that kind of learn how to speak, but I'm talking about the average Joe. We speak according to what we see and feel, and much of it is negative. Okay, I want to tell you that the sword of the Spirit is never negative. It's never speaking words of death and, 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 and that type of thing. It's speaking words of life, okay? If, I mean, if you want to say death, it, it, you speak against the enemy, and 
that's not real positive to him, but positive for us. Uh, but again, you must learn how to speak. And many Christians have never been taught that their life is directed by what they say. Okay, and, and just like James taught us about the, the bit in the horse's mouth and the rudder on a ship, they basically guide your life. If I'm saying the wrong thing in my life, I am directing my life to the wrong thing. But if I will speak the right thing, I'm going to direct my life in the right way. And it's not just a quick turn. How many know, if you've ever been on a cruise ship, you don't just and turn around. Zip. No, it's, it's a constant turn. You've got to keep the pressure on the wheel, keep that rudder going the right way so the ship will finally turn around. And it's not just a, a, a quick saying, I'm just going to speak a couple scriptures out of my mouth and my whole life is going to turn around. No, it's got to be a way of living, a way of life where we refuse to speak things, things that are contrary to God's promises. We refuse to speak words of death, words of doubt, words of unbelief, and say, no, I'm only going to say what God says. I know what I see. That's obvious. I know what I feel. I don't have to be a rocket scientist to explain that, but I do have to be a man of faith if I'm going to speak according to God's Word. Okay, and this is the way we must do. I remember what because I, I was saved, and it was years later when I began to understand the very power in the Word of God and understand the sword of the Spirit. And when I first heard it, I started catching myself just regularly, just every single day. I would catch myself saying something that I, I'd go, "Oh, is that a word of life?" Is that a life-giving word right there? Does that help me or hurt me? Does that feed my faith or, or feed my fear and my doubt? And I, I would catch myself all the time. You know, people have all kinds of statements, and, and this is killing them, and this is hurting them. And, and I'll, you know, they, they make jokes. I'll, you know, I'm going down here. I'll probably get in a car accident. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times people are just joking around with that kind of language. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't even love people to death. I don't know what you think about that, but... Uh, well, I'm just, and I'm just telling you where I was and where, where I am. I just chose to govern my words real tight. Okay, I, and I was real picky. Now I'm not a confession monitor, and uh, you know what I'm talking about. Some people they want to go around to everyone else and say, "Oh, I wouldn't say that if I were you." Come on, watch out who you say that to. You're going to be annoying. Right? If you're just going to correct everyone's st- saying, but, but you purpose in your own life, what words are you going to let you come out of your mouth? And sometimes you might feel the pain and, and see the circumstances not going your way, but you make a decision, a quality decision to not give voice to those negative forces. And I really think that's a wise thing. I really think it, it makes a whole lot of sense when things are going wrong to not talk about it. Hmm. Of course, they say, couldn't I ever talk? Well, I don't mean if, you, if it slipped out of your mouth once that your life's going to go down the drain. And certainly, if you need help, uh, you need to tell somebody what's going on. There was a time when people started hearing a, a message like this and hearing about the power of God's Word in their mouth that they'd, that they'd want someone to pray for. Maybe they had sickness and disease in their body, and they'd go to someone to pray for them, and they'd say, well, what's wrong? Nothing. And they wouldn't tell them. They wouldn't, because they, were, they got to the other, they went so far on the extreme that they were afraid that if they said it, you know, it was going to happen, or, or that they had to keep it. No, no, that's not the issue, because that's not necessarily what you're believing. You're just explaining the physical circumstances so that you can apply God's Word, attack it with the sword, and, and deal with it once and for all. But at the same time, again, I can remember, uh, you know, just... Uh, 
you know, out playing basketball or something, and people get hurt and bumped here and there, and, and uh, it would be common if you had a little injury or something, say, oh man, my arm is just killing me, and, uh, and, and I would say things like that, but after I started learning, I thought, you know what, I don't really want my arm to kill me, <laughs> you know, and, and sure, it hurt, and it wasn't, it wasn't not about being in denial, but I just started saying, Lord, I just believe that by your stripes I'm healed. I believe that, yeah, that's there, but I believe the power of the blood of Jesus is more, is more powerful than, than what's happened to me. And, and I started aligning my words. And don't get me wrong, I catch myself even now and then still. And, uh, and I say something, I think, do I really want that? Do I really want to let that be a part of my life? And, uh, you know, some people just really need to look at uh, their situation. And when, you, when someone says, man, I've just, I can't seem to get ahead. I just can't seem to can't can't seem to get out of debt. Can't seem to get a break. Can't seem to get this this fixed. A lot of times, I just want to ask them, how long have you been saying that? Because right. if I hear you say it five or six times in you know in thirty seconds, I I, I got a strong indication that you probably have ingrained that into you. Not saying that you're not going through a real thing, a real situation, and tough time. You probably are. But how we deal with that can determine how we're going to get out of it. And if I continually say this is how it is, well, that's feeding my faith in that particular problem, okay? And so I want to say just the opposite. Preferably, I find a specific word from God, and I continue to say that in the face of opposition. When some people might look and say, you're lying. No, I'm applying a higher principle, okay? Gravity's still in effect, but thank God the air travels over the wing and produces some lift. And here we go up in the air, rising above the circumstances, okay? And so that's what the, 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 this is all about when it comes to our sword, it comes to speaking. And I don't want to cut myself up. I don't want to cut other people up. I really, I, I really think it's not even an intelligent thing to say things, even what, what people call, self, call self-deprecating humor, where you just beat yourself up. And, uh, and uh, you know, where people say, oh, I'm just so stupid. And no, don't say that. You know, you make a mistake. Oh, what an idiot. What a, I'm so stupid. No, stop saying that and just say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning. I'm growing. And Lord, forgive me for, for what I did, but I'm a smart person. Hmm? You know, say it about your own self. My, my mind is quick. My, my mind is sharp. I understand. I retain. Uh, 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 my, my memory's not getting worse as I get older. It's getting sharper as I get older. Hmm? Think that affects people? Oh, yeah. Come on now. I know this is, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the Word of God, and, and uh, people have discovered these things even in the medical field. Where, where when people are around negativity and hearing bad report, negative things, that their health declines, and they have a more difficult time recovering from, from surgery. But if they can get people to be happy, Get people to laugh a little bit, be, have some joy that their, that their recoveries are quicker. How much more when we're speaking the very words of God, words of life, their spirit and their life, and they're a sword to everything negative and everything that would attack us in our lives. And so, uh, again, when we talk about learning how to speak and changing our vocabulary, sometimes people might think, well, when you get saved, yeah, you need to stop cussing. And, uh, well, I'd recommend that too. Uh, uh, but, but, but at the same time, can I tell you the truth? I'd rather hear someone cuss than for a Christian to go around saying, I'm broke and sick and nothing ever works. Hmm. Because, come on now, that's contrary to the very Word of God. And I think it hurts people more than, you know, those words that Chad uses. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He doesn't. Uh, 
Uh, but but I, I think some of these things are more serious because when they come from the heart, remember Jesus said it's what comes from the inside that defiles a person, okay? And, uh, and it's not, not just all about uh, the outside. All right, and stop cussing too. Yeah, <laughs> not a good idea. It's called corrupt communication. All right. And so when we talk about words that, come, that proceed and come from the flesh, of course the flesh is limited in ability. And what kind of words do we speak that come out of the flesh? Well, they're always saying, always talking about what we can't, what we can't do, how we can't make it, how, oh, this is hard. What? Don't you see, don't you know how much land costs around here? What are you guys going to do? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do exceeding abundantly above what we could ever ask or think. Yeah, yeah. So how, why do you say that? Because I choose to speak words of life. Words of life have no limits. I mean, I tell you what, everything is possible. But the, but the flesh wants to squawk up and say, oh, but you got to be real now. Real what? Real carnal? Real, you know, fleshy? Doubt, unbelief? The flesh is moved by circumstances. So what kind of words come from the flesh? Fle- it, words that exactly describe how circumstances presently are and if you're really good at being a realist (laughs) watch out now in the truest sense I think we all should be very real but sometimes what people mean by that is they're really good at describing the way things are presently even when they're bad even when they're not good I don't want to be real good at that I want to be really good at explaining how things are going to be Okay, and always be talking about, yeah, but we're coming up. You look at the bills and look at what's not wrong and look at what doesn't feel good. Yeah, but I'm coming out. Come on, learn how to learn how to respond. Your response to your circumstances will determine whether it's a turning point up or a turning point down. You remember that Jesus saw the fig tree. Of course, he was looking for some figs on it. But it's interesting how in Mark chapter 11, he, it says that he responded to the tree. When he said, let no one eat fruit from you from hereafter again. He responded to the fig tree. How do you respond to the fig tree? How do you respond to things in your life that say, no. Obviously, it's, it's like the tree, you know, it's almost like it was talking to him, huh? I don't think it literally talked, but. He was saying, I don't got anything for you. You're starving. You're not getting anything today. And so he responded to it. Respond to bills. Respond to a lack of productivity, a lack of uh, whatever, lack of business in, in what you do. Respond to it. Don't respond like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Get, I mean, we might just have to go under. No, don't respond. Respond to it with words of life. Hmm? Respond to it and say, I'm going over, not going under. If you get a negative medical report, respond to that medical report. Don't Just don't say anything. Respond to it. Don't necessarily respond to the doctor. Okay? They're doing a good job. He's letting you know current facts. But respond to it. And as soon as you get away, say, I don't receive that. I'm not going to I'm not I'm not going to live by that. I know they said this, I know they said I've got to this and and I've got this to look forward. No. 
I respond to that by saying, I am going to live. I'm going to be healthy. I'm, I'm coming out of this. I'm going to overcome this. I am not going to succumb to this. Okay? Your decision, your response at that moment will determine where you go from there. Okay? Now, let me, let me just, in case some people didn't recognize it, that's a word right there that some people are going to need. Okay? I'm telling you. Whether it's right now or whether it's in the future, you're going to need to know how to respond to circumstances that come to you. Okay? There needs to be an appropriate response. And the response is you pull your sword out of the sheath. And your response to negative reports is, No, I'm not going to take it. I believe God. It shall be even as it was told unto me. I believe God's word that I'm coming out and I'm not going back. Not going under. Not going to fall. I'm going to rise up and have victory in this situation. Everybody got it? Got it down? Ready? Yeah, not, not afraid of circumstances. Not afraid of bad things happening. But always, in all circumstances, ready with a response. Yeah, I already know what I'm going to say. They put me on the stand. My lawyer... Jesus, the advocate, he already instructed me as, as to what I should say. If they ask this, here's your response. Hmm? By his stripes, I am healed. Glory to God. And so the flesh is limited in ability. It's moved by circumstances. It is prone to sin. And it, it's, it just, it, that's the way uh, it, it, has, it is. That's the only way it knows to do things. And, and if we always speak about the way things are, we will often be speaking words of the flesh. Okay. Now lastly, without, we don't need to turn there for now, but how did Jesus use his sword? You remember in the wilderness, you can read in Matthew chapter 4 and, and some other places, that he was tempted by the devil. All right. Jesus responded, and he's our example. We should follow him exactly the way he did it the devil came to him and he responded to every accusation every temptation he said it is written and he quoted he spoke to the enemy the word of God what was he doing you bring that into Paul's terminology he pulled out his sword and said and he dealt with the attack, dealt with the, uh, the, the, the thing that was coming against him by speaking the word. And how many know Jesus didn't have to go, oh, you know what? I've got a program on my computer where I can, I can, I can do a search. And uh, what did you want? Oh, stone to bread. I think there's something on that. <laughs> See, stone and bread. Good, there's one right there. Now, nothing wrong with looking up scriptures. I do myself, and I use computer technology. Praise the Lord for it. But when it comes to attacks against our lives, when it comes to using our sword to go on the offensive, we need to have scripture already in our hearts. Okay? Now, obviously, if you just got saved, you know, you don't have a whole lot there. But I tell you, an understanding and a revelation of one verse is more powerful than having 10,000 memorized and none of them really being real to you. You know, just having an academic mental library of, of Scripture, that's not really the goal. The goal is to have an understanding. When you understand the name of Jesus and that power, and that'll help you so much in every situation, 
Okay, but again, what we want to do is against when everything, uh, when we're dealing with stuff, we've already got words in our hearts. Okay, I think it's a good idea for all believers to uh, be prepared in some of the basic areas at which we have to deal with in life. And I'm talking defense, yeah, when things come against us. I'm also talking about things other people deal with, because for the most part, we all deal with the same stuff. It's packaged a little bit different tailor-made for your situation but you take the wrappers off and it's the same devil know what I'm talking about okay I think no one has ever seen what I'm going through no one has ever experienced this well they, they did it just looked a little bit different okay there's no new tricks all right and but we get some scriptures on well we should we, we should have some scriptures on salvation how to you know Romans 3:23, Romans 6:23, Romans 10 9 and 10 a lot of those good ones both for ourselves and for other people because if we're really on the offensive you need to know how to lead someone to Jesus and, and, and I tell you what uh, one thing that we do around here is we give altar calls for salvation regularly okay that does a couple things one first and foremost it's for the people who are not saved that are in any given service we want them to get right with God okay two it lets you know that if you ever bring a lost person, they're going to get an opportunity to get saved. Three, you hear, because if, if you don't have experience in this, you hear over and 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 over again what a salvation prayer sounds like. Okay? It's not the specific word, but it's the general gist of believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. Some said, I don't really know what to say. If you've been around here long enough, you know what to say. Okay, but we need to have a few scriptures always hidden in our heart, right? And so we're ready to rip the enemy off with our sword off of another person, okay? Have some salvation scriptures, you know, uh, goes right along with that. Have some scriptures about being filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't need to necessarily know all of them. I mean, the more the better, but if you've got a couple of them that you really know, they're alive to you, they're real to you, you are dangerous to the kingdom of darkness, Okay, you can do some damage because I remember uh, well, a friend of mine from Las Vegas. We were uh, at a restaurant one time, and uh, he's he's a really uh, he's a go getter, you know. Just he'll he'll tell tell anyone that moves about Jesus, and uh, and uh, and we went into this restaurant, and uh, we were, we were we were going to the table, and uh, I took a side journey, went over to the to the restroom for a moment, and I came back the waitress was there standing there at the table and he was talking to her which I wasn't surprised at all he was talking about the Lord and come to find out she was already a Christian she was already saved and so he's you know he said well have you been filled with the spirit yet have you been baptized in the spirit we're just in the restaurant and and she says no he said oh well you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues and uh this is when, I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of this in the restaurant, to tell you the truth. I mean, I've seen people saved at the table numerous times, but not filled with the Spirit. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and she's like, okay. And, uh, and she come from, she's from a certain denomination, Christian denomination, but didn't teach that kind of stuff. So it was new to her. And, uh, but he prays for, he prays for, leads her in a prayer. And he stands up, uh, puts his hand on top of her head. He's in the restaurant. And all of a sudden, all of, she starts speaking in tongues. And I praise God, this is really cool. In the restaurant. (laughs) 
Anyway, I just tell that story. I, I just think anything's possible when we got things in our heart and we know what to say. We have opportunity. But if there's no reservoir there, what can the Spirit of God prompt you to do? If He wants you to use your sword in some way, what can He draw out of you that's not in you? Okay? Not run, i got to go quick, find my Bible. No, I've got something. Okay? And then other areas, of course, uh, financial uh, promises. Because how many know there's a whole lot of people that they're struggling with that? We live in America. Can you say debt? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that in that other message. Okay? But debt, I mean, it's just all over the place. And you can help someone, encourage someone, and, and speak words of life concerning that. And healing is a big one. That's one of my favorites. Huh? You, we, all Christians should have a few scriptures on healing. Not to say that there's not other things we could go through a number number of heal, deals here right now, but those are some of the big ones. I mean, you run into someone, and uh, or whether it's yourself or somebody else, and sickness and disease is, is attacking them. Well, when you've got God's word on it, come on, you're sort of sharp. Hmm? But I don't want to have some blunt thing. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it's just. Uh, you know, trying to trying to hit the hit the enemy with a butter knife, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, but w- w- when we have the word hidden in our hearts and it's sharp and it's uh, uh, it's revelation to us, then our our sword is sharp. We're ready to go. We can do a lot of uh, good things for the kingdom of God. Okay. Let's be on the offense. What do you say? Amen. It's interesting in looking at all the pieces of the armor here, and there's nothing for the back. In other words, you're not supposed to be running away. Hmm. We are always supposed to be moving forward. The moment you turn around, the moment you are vulnerable to attacks of the enemy. So if you've been hit, man, work on just getting that armor back up. Getting, that, getting those things in place, not running away. I don't know how many people I've seen that had a little hard time, a little tough time, and they run. Man, wrong move. Wrong move. Because what you've experienced, it's about to get worse. Things are about to go downhill. Turn around and face this stuff. Come on, you've got a family. You, we can lock our swords together. Our, not our swords, but our, our shields together. Lock our shields together and we'll be surrounded with protection so we keep our uh, eyes straight moving forward. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you tonight. Thank you for being such a good God. Lord, you're faithful to us faithful in every circumstance and situation and thank you for this knowledge and understanding of the sword of the spirit that when the word of God is in our mouth it is definitely doing damage to the kingdom of darkness setting captives free and bringing deliverance to all who uh, all who need it and Lord we just purpose this night Lord to guard our our tongue Lord making sure that words of life and not words of death Words of health and not words of sickness and pain. Words of prosperity, not words of poverty and lack are in our mouths. So we can be and we can affect the lives of other people. Lord, we thank you for speaking to us now, for directing our steps. May these words, I pray, come alive in each and every one. May there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you for each and every one of us to live the life that we're called to live. We give you praise tonight. We give you thanks. You're a good God. We trust you, Lord. Praise God. Father, I pray for any person tonight that's never been born again. They're not right with you, but they they need to get on track with you now.